Hi, welcome to What We Think About When We Think About Code. Today's guest is Kay. Welcome, Kay. Hi. Uh, so, Kay, you'll be a bit of a departure from the other guests I've had on the program who are kind of more full-time uh, coders. You are a scientist who uses code, that's correct? Right. So I do bioinformatics, and what I do is biology experiments tend to generate big data. It'd be something like a time series of microscope images or a large dump of genome sequences. And the scientists who make that data want to make sense of this to answer whatever questions they have. And so my job is to take that data and to reduce it into the answers that they want. Okay, cool. Um, so just to get a feeling for, you know, your background, uh, start with some questions on like personal history. Uh, when did you start first start writing code and how did you learn? So I was exposed to HTML as my first code. My parents ran a dot com in the in the 90s. And how old were you around then? Uh, so I was in my early teens, middle school age, and it was more interesting to uh, help the parents uh, with their website and doing Photoshop for them and doing basic web pages. Then. So were you writing HTML? Yes. It was better than babysitting. Okay. <laughs> and they paid you for it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, when did you start writing sort of uh, code that did things, like uh, functional, I would say, but not in the archetype sense? Yeah, so I went to a tech high school, and so the summer before I started high school, I picked up one of those Learn C++ in 21 Days and worked through that, and so that was my first exposure to writing code. Uh, I took Intro to CS in, in high school and, again, in college, where I used Scheme, which is a Lisp dialect, Mm -hmm. But professionally, I usually use Python or R. Mm -hmm. And sort of how much, uh, you know, of your working time is spent writing code? Uh, it's probably 50-50 writing okay. code and feeding cells, wrangling living things. Okay, so you actually have kind of a long history, uh, right? <laughs> I mean, you've... You, uh, I didn't start writing, learning in high school, so this will this will be interesting. Um, so, uh, with other people, I've talked about sort of what a flow state looks like for them, sort of like being in the zone when you get really productive. Uh, does that does the word flow state like or the statement like mean anything to you? Yeah, absolutely. I can get wrapped up in my code and forget about other things. I remember. In high school, I was on the computer team, and we had these long contests. And, and in one case, we had the five-hour coding event, and uh, I sat on my foot somewhat strangely, uh, and I was coding away, and then I went to stand up, and my foot didn't work. <laughs> I was limping around for a week, and, and I learned fairly quickly that I should have lied about how I hurt myself. <laughs> uh, standing around, and you know, th there was a big fight, these three dudes. <laughs> no, no so I... You I hurt myself at a computer team contest. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens when you go into that mode? What is it like? So I lose track of my physical state, and I'm just thinking about you know, moving the data around from one place to another, and I'm lost in you know, what I'm doing in, in that present moment. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, right, it's been hours. I should eat something. Mm-hmm. And so when you're, like, 
so sitting from that mode and thinking about moving data around, like what is the what does that either look like or feel like? Do associations come up, sort of like sensory uh, analogs, or you know, like when you think about some data, you know, moving it around. Right. Well, when everything is working, it, I say it feels like you're flying. Uh-huh. You know, everything is just falling into place. Like, oh, I, I, I finally understand what's going on, or, uh-huh. or you know, all this is working. And mm-hmm. you, know, you learn in science pretty quickly that you never leave a working apparatus. And I feel like yeah, I feel like code is the same way. Oh, you know, really? Once everything is flowing, you want to keep it going. I'm the opposite. I'm like, once it's working, I'm like, okay, time to clock out. You know. <laughs> um, then, then you come back the next day, like, what was I doing? Really? Okay. But so, you know, you, that's kind of like a feeling of accomplishment, like a high, right? Mm-hmm. I, I was asking specifically about, um, you know, you, you sort of mentioned like moving data around, which is kind of a physical metaphor, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you think about data from that kind of flow state, do you have, does it feel physical to you? Yeah, you know, I do tend to think of code in terms of, you know, f- from the perspective of the data almost. So okay. I, I have something and then there are these machine, this machinery coming in and operating it and transforming mm-hmm. it in different ways. But I'm just watching the pipeline of, of the raw data coming in and being transformed and reduced in various ways. In order, and then it comes out the other end mm-hmm. and the, the shiny nugget of answers that I want. Mm-hmm. And does the data, so do you kind of feel the data as like boxes or spheres or like any kind of shape come to mind or? It really depends on the data. Okay. Uh, you know, if, if, you, if you're working in units of images, that's a convenient metaphor. Or if you, you're working in units of, okay, here's my spreadsheet. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, I, I need to do various things to various columns. Mm-hmm. But it, I think it depends. I do tend to make physical analogies where they're convenient, but mm-hmm. but I don't have to think about things that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you like if you were working on an, a, a data set that was a bunch of images, you might sort of think of each image kind of right. moving along a pipeline. Yeah, and I could start with I just pick one image and be like physically looking at it as it mm-hmm. goes through the various stages. Uh-huh. Like, okay, I'm segmenting it. Here's how it looks. Mm-hmm. You know. And so would this kind of be code, like, you would be running through the image, like, one test case at a time, like, just to see as you're writing the code? Okay. Uh, When I'm setting up uh, pipelines, I tend to uh, have either a toy data set, something where I know what the answer is, and I can, you know, physically do it. Mm -hmm. And and that's often how I work out what I'm doing. Like, okay, I know where I'm starting and I know what I want this toy data set to look like when I'm finished. Mm-hmm. So I am the robot who's going in and acting on this data. What mm-hmm. transformations do I need mm-hmm. to do? Do you sort of imagine um, like things happening in your head? Like yeah. simulate what's going on? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, that, 
so what about the code that kind of does these? You like that's kind of receded to the background in this description. Right. I kind of imagine it like you've seen the, the those auto manufacturer pipelines. You know, things come in and bolt on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Something else. Yeah. I would think of that as like, okay, I'm adding a column to the spreadsheet. Okay, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, do you... Uh, hmm. So do you know of anything that triggers you to go into that kind of thinking? You know, I think that... Uh, I think there's something of an art to having your brain just full enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've tried to to cultivate that with, you know, if I'm doing something that is computationally difficult, like I'm trying to work out some some nasty math, uh, I'll put in the earplugs and go full out. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm doing some kind of routine data cleanup, I'll just put on wordless music. Uh, if I'm doing something really mindless, like I'm feeding the cells, literally moving liquids from one place to another, I'll put on podcasts. Uh, oh, interesting. So you kind of fill up the yeah. space with other thoughts. Yeah. If, huh. if my brain is exploding with, with input, then it, I can't focus on any yeah. one thing. But if I'm bored... Do you kind then... of like actively manage the yeah. things you're listening to? Absolutely. Oh, really? I, I have different stations for for different different tasks. Do you ever notice like so you listening to a podcast and then you kind of don't hear the words for a while? That's one reason I like podcasts because mm-hmm. I can I can step out of it for a few minutes if I need to. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I w- was listening to something like a story, mm-hmm. a fiction book, I'd really need to be sitting there and doing nothing else. Yeah. Whereas it podcast they'll they'll yap about one thing and then and a couple minutes later it'll be a a, a different topic and I won't need to have heard every mm-hmm. single thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, do you think, is it always associated like sort of, do you think you're, when you're being, when you're in this kind of in the zone, right? Are you more productive because, uh, like you're able to kind of move the, see the data more clearly, like move it around in your head more easily? Like, what do you think's going on there? Right. I think, Having all of that up in my short-term memory where it's available to me is mm-hmm. useful. You know, just having that continuity. Now, I don't mm-hmm. have to you know, say I've just come back from lunch. Like, okay, uh, here, here, i got to load everything back up into RAM. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that takes a little while. So if I'm in the zone, uh, I don't have have that that overhead. It's just all accessible. Already I loaded. Yeah, I mean, that's a metaphor I've heard before. Can you sort of describe like, I mean, when you're reading code, right? There's some transition from mm-hmm. you're reading it and then it, you understand it, right? And it takes some form in your mind. Do you have right. a sense of what what it feels like when it's kind of fully loaded? Right, and I'm again, I'm just trying to build up the the pipeline of what it's doing. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm reading code that someone else wrote or that I wrote yeah. two months ago, which might as well be someone else writing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, okay, here is the unit that is doing this function. I know what it looked like going in. I know what it looks like coming out. Mm-hmm. All right, here, here's the next function or, or whatever else it is. I know what it looks like at each step of the, of the pathway. Um, and so I could build onto that or, mm-hmm. or modify it to 
a new data set or, or you know, maybe you needed a slightly different analysis mm -hmm. on this. Yeah, so uh, that's really interesting. And I want to go back, uh, you know, like you're talking about here's the unit that does X, right? Mm -hmm. So there's some point at which like, you're just reading code, right? And then you realize, oh, this is what it's doing, right? Right. What happens there? Yeah. I, I think that if you have a script that's longer than a few dozen lines, you kind of have to to start thinking about things as as black box units. Uh-huh. You know, I, I trust this line of code to, you know, take a number and output the factorial or sure. whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, but so... What I, I guess what I'm trying to explore is, like, once you've done that, right, once you've, like, kind of booted it up and you're like, oh, this is the thing that does mm -hmm. X, what does that thing feel like? Do you kind of see a shape? Does it feel uh, physically like something? Does it have a color or yeah, sounds? It, it depends on the process. I think most of the time I, I'm seeing this from the perspective of the data coming through this pipeline uh -huh. and having these various functions come in and do and and pick it up and move it around in various so useful ways. Would you kind of visualize the function based on how it changed an image, say? Right. So I'd, I'd be imagining what the the data set looks like at any given point. Okay. And I just kind of imagine these as little helpers coming uh -huh. in. And, and do you work with... So, like, images are kind of easy to think about mm -hmm. one by one. Do you... Uh, work with data that's kind of more abstract? And if so, like, do the images, like, does the thinking from the images carry over? Yeah, so I'll, I can work with things like DNA or protein sequences. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can imagine, you know, I've got, I've got the actual DNA sequence and I'm converting that. And I've got a function that converts that into what genes these are. Uh -huh. or, or. And so would you sort of visualize yeah. that? It's like, okay, here's my list of A's, T's, C's, and G's, and this goes in a hopper, and it comes out with a list of gene IDs. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> so do you notice a difference, like, in the way that you think about your code when you're sort of in the zone writing it versus thinking about it later? I think it's a similar sort of uh, visualization. It's just when I'm in the zone, it comes naturally and mm -hmm. fluently. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I'm out of the zone for whatever reason, you know, I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm confused, uh, it, it, it feels like more work. Like I'm dragging it along. Mm -hmm. But, okay. It, so you kind of have to manually, like, boot mm -hmm. things into your brain. Yeah. yeah. It's like a greased wheel versus a sticky wheel. Yeah, okay. Um, are there, do you have different experiences at different scales of code? Like, uh, I mean, I guess, you know, we talked about sort of one scale, which is sort of a transformation of a mm -hmm. data set. But like, if you think about sort of your whole code base or, you know, different modules interacting, do they have different associations? Yeah. So I think if you're working with a sufficiently large code, you kind of have to assume that everything else is doing its job while mm -hmm. you're while you're working on the one part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's you know, there is kind of an art involved in saying, okay, d these are the parts that I'm not going to worry about, and this mm -hmm. is the the part that I need to refine or modify to do a different job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 
because I do mostly research coding, it is usually a small code base. It's usually code that I've written. Um, and so I don't generally have these giant, uh, you know, multi-user, you know, fighting over the Git repositories, whatever. It's mm-hmm. usually just my script and me trying to figure out what to do with th- this piece of data and hopefully reusing analyses that I've done in the past or that other people have done. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever... Uh anthropomorphize pieces of code like think about them as if they were people uh only when i'm directing expletives in its general direction. <laughs> okay i guess that brings up a good question i should ask do you is there a difference kind of between debugging and like writing code um I mean, I think when you're when you're writing code, you're also debugging. So I kind of do the same sort of processes. When I'm trying to understand code, I'm just stepping through it. Like, okay, that's what this part does. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the next part. And when I'm writing code, like, okay, here's the first part. Mm-hmm. Uh, does it work? Does it work on a toy data set? Does it work for real? Mm-hmm. Am I getting sensible, sane output? Okay, I trust this first part. Now I can move on to the next. Uh, and so... I found I do a lot of my work now in interpreted languages. Mm-hmm. It was very strange recently where I had to go back and do something in C, and, and I just felt like I had an arm missing. I just couldn't p- poke into into <laughs> the, the command line and see how yeah. things were working. Do you do that frequently? Right. Like you'll open up a shell and try things out? Yeah, uh, uh. I'll, I'll just be working out of the shell, and I'll just once I've got a portion working, then I'll put that into uh-huh. um, a, a, a usually like a Jupyter... Mm-hmm. document for yeah. for uh, future reference so I can see, go back and see what I did. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm working on this live mm-hmm. as I'm figuring out how I, I want it to work. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that experience writing C? Like, where you, did you, like, did you have some muscle memory to try and do something and not be able to, or? Right. I mean, I, I, my first language was C, and I still knew how to get done what I wanted to, but it was strange. Like, okay, I have to write this whole unit, and mm-hmm. then I have to compile it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and did it feel, like, did it have sort of, like, did it feel, like, physically difficult, or? Yeah, I just wanted wanted to poke the button and see what that line of code did. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you noticed any changes in the way you think about code as you've, like, the years have gone by? Uh, I think I've gotten better at uh, you know abstracting uh, making it easy for code to be reused mm-hmm. uh, is I I only did have that very basic exposure to being trained in CompSci. I kind of had to had to learn about good practices in mm-hmm. writing code and writing reusable code mm-hmm. and writing code that would not make me curse my own name two months later. <laughs> uh, uh, so do you, when you, do you uh, think about, like, does code, like, feel a certain way different? Like, if you look at some code and you say to yourself, like, ah, oh, that's some clean code. like Yeah, you can definitely tell when, you know, I... I, I read a lot of code that was written uh-huh. by biologists yeah. and who are just barely holding it together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and But do you, like, uh, are there, like, different... I mean, so one of the aspects I associate with kind of more maintainable code is sort of 
being broken down into more cohesive units. Um, do you, like, when you look at code that sort of is composed of some units, like, do you have any associations that go along with those? Like, have you noticed, like, as you've learned more about it, did you uh, start to, like, have metaphors you used when, say, like, pulling out a method or something? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think that I've tried to be more purposeful with setting up the code structure mm -hmm. rather than saying, ooh, I, I've copied and pasted this about four times. I need to put that in a function. Mm -hmm. um, I'm kind of thinking about where I want that code to go beforehand. Mm -hmm. That you can see in in the codes of people who don't write a lot of code that you, you'll see things being copied and pasted. You'll see things being you know, kind of put in the position where it was when they first thought they might need it. Uh, whereas maintainable code say, okay, here's my, here's my structure. Mm -hmm. Here are the functions. Here's what they, they're useful for. Mm -hmm. And you know, later on, here, okay, here is the functions that I'm calling in this order and why. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about that structure, does it feel like a physical structure to you? It does. It feels like a pipeline. And it, it, I think it's just easier to read. And so if, if you're coming back to it, then you can say, okay, here's, here's the pipeline. Whereas if you have a mess, then you have to read this entire giant code base in order to understand what's going on. And so it's, you know, two hours of staring at this instead of, five minutes coming mm -hmm. back from lunch. Okay, I understand where I am. Here's yeah. what I need to do. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, well, is there anything I should have asked you so far? <laughs> I think that that's covered it reasonably well. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for being on All the right. show. Okay, it was fun. <laughs>